0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Capella podcast. This is already the seventh episode and I just wanted to jump in here to say that if you enjoyed what we've done so far and the conversations we've had so far, it would be awesome if you could leave us a review, leave a comment, anything you'd like, uh, it would really help us out. This week I have Kara Tyrell on. Kara is an early childhood educator, conscious parenting coach, and founder of Core for Parenting. While teaching preschool and kindergarten, she identified a pattern of underdeveloped skill sets in her students, leading her to found Core for Parenting. Her soul and science-based courses and coaching programs empower new moms to embrace their parenting personal development journey while teaching them how to maximize their baby's early learning. She believes that world ready kids will change the world. Kara also just launched her own podcast that I highly encourage everyone to go and listen to. It's called Transforming the Toddler Years. And now let's get on with the conversation. Today, I'm joined by Kara Tyrell uh, for a very exciting conversation. I'm very, very uh, pumped about that one about all topics from conscious parenting to mind body spirit connection to communication with your baby. Um, so, welcome, Kara. I'm so glad to have you on today. Thank you so much for bringing me here for this
1: conversation. I'm excited for it too.
0: There are so many topics that I want to talk about, and I feel like we have this very aligned. A mission because our mission my mission is to you know empower new parents and parents in general to do the best job that they possibly can at this very hard job that they have of being a parent and I feel like that's kind of your mission as well uh, so I'm super excited about it um, can you maybe start off by telling us more about yourself your journey and how you ended up starting core for parenting and how all of that
1: came about Absolutely. Well, I self-describe as a lifetime lover of littles. I was the teenager who knew my life would be in service to small people somehow. Um, I've manifested that by having beautiful girls of my own who are now grown. And so parenting has been a big part of it. But I also got some degrees. And so I landed in a teaching role, which is what I loved to do be in the classroom, pre-K, kindergarten, and just engage with these kids while they were wide open, right? They were just, they love learning at that point. They're just sponges. Um, And so Core 4 Parenting came about from an observation that our newest students were coming less and less ready to learn at the classroom level. And I decided that the solution was to empower the parents, from birth to five with the connective strategies they needed to help their child be truly ready to learn.
0: That's a great mission. And I applaud you for that. It's amazing. Um, So can you tell us a little bit more about, so you have a new parent who just had a baby. What are the tools that they need to learn or that they, what what is the optimal thing that they need to know uh, in order to um, communicate early on with their baby and help them to become this kid that's ready to learn and to be super fulfilled? What are the big things that, you know, the most important things that you teach uh, new parents?
1: So at corporal parenting, we use a blended model of soul and science-based strategies. Um, and the science-based is really just us learning, right, as new parents, what is actually going on inside our baby's brain and body. And so here's a couple really important things if you have a brand new little human being. Number one, between zero and three months, it is really an extension of your pregnancy. This is a survival phase where you're meeting their basic needs and your own. Don't expect too much from yourself or your child during the first three months of life, okay? When you hit 12 weeks, 13, 14 weeks, and you now don't have a newborn, you have an infant, because that's basically where the line is drawn, all of a sudden your baby's brain does this amazing thing and it starts building neural connections to the tune of 1 million per minute, that's a lot. (laughs) And so we already have the opportunity to be pouring information into our tiny little person from three months and up. So use language. The way you speak to each other as adults, the way you speak to friends and coworkers, Use complete sentences and language when you're talking to your child. You already have that opportunity to lay the linguistic foundation of this is what speech sounds like, and this is what a full dictionary sounds like. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense because you hear a lot of parents just talking to their babies like in a baby voice, uh, which I know is you shouldn't do, but it's really hard to not do. And so, why is it so important that people that that children get ready as soon as possible for for school, and you know, to have these kind of blocks already built in their brain of people talking to them in complete sentences? And why is that so important?
1: Um, Well, let me just touch on something you said and clarify it for the new moms out there who are like, "I love my baby talk voice." (laughs) It's okay, right? There's as the linguistics of it are are stacked yeah so if you're using a complete sentence you can use a different tone it's okay it's the quality of the sentence that matters so enjoy your baby and do your sing-song voice they that's actually really good for them to hear too so to answer your current question there's four factors that make a child ready to learn when they hit the formative age of five years old, kindergarten, or even three years old and a preschool entrance. Cognition is only one of them, right? Knowing their ABCs, one, two, threes, colors and numbers is one quarter of that pie. Important, sure. But the other three are more of that mind, body, spirit connection that you mentioned at the beginning of our chat. They need to be able to emotionally regulate to be aware of what they're feeling, to have a label for it, and then process it and make a response that is appropriate. So that's social emotional behavior that we need to be modeling, developing, and encouraging in our small people between birth and five. Mm -hmm. They also need to be able to relate to somebody else to interpret how that person is feeling and bring in that information and have a conversation with them, be able to share those toys. That is interpersonal skill behavior. We need to be able to model and support them in developing that. And then the fourth quadrant of readiness is physical. We live in a physical body, right? And our, these little people use their bodies to communicate So they need to be able to physically control their body, be aware of how to use it, and do so appropriately with peers, friends, and teachers. And when that whole pie comes together and you've got a child who can be in the classroom surrounded by other people who are different than they are, interacting with teachers who are different than they are, you have a ready learner.
0: That's amazing and so helpful. One thing that you mentioned that I thought was really interesting, you mentioned modeling behavior uh, to your child. So is that the best way to teach them how to take care of their body or how to listen to other people or how to relate? Is that by doing that yourself, taking care of your body yourself as a parent and, um, you know, that kind of self-care that I guess most new moms or new parents kind of forget uh, in the first couple of months, how important is you taking care of yourself to model it to, to your children?
1: So self-care is key, right? You, we all know the old adage and adages are only old because they're true, yeah. right? If you cannot take care of yourself, you cannot take them another. And it's incredibly true. And so that's why I said that first three months, that's your entire job. Your entire job is to make sure that you are nourished and fed and hydrated and rested to the best of your ability and engaging in that relationship building,
0: those Mm -hmm. early
1: loving interactions with your small human. That's your only job. Beyond that, we can do something really cool. We can take what we were just talking about, the importance of early language, and we can blend it into the modeling of the behaviors that we want to see. So if you have a one-year-old and your one-year-old is starting to try to communicate their struggles with you, but they don't have complete language yet, so they're using their bodies and they're using big voices, um, otherwise known as meltdowns or tantrums, you can be modeling how you manage your own emotions using your words. I am so frustrated right now. I just took this dish out of the dishwasher and I chipped it. That makes me really angry. I loved this dish so much. Now I have to throw it away. That makes me upset, but it'll be okay. It's just a dish. That is how you can show them that you're allowed to have your feelings, Mm -hmm. but you're not allowed to lose your your whole body control over it, right? Mom didn't throw the dish across the room because she was so mad. (laughs) She explained calmly how upset she was. And this is really counterintuitive for us. As adults, it's a self-talk process, We have it inside our brains. We don't usually let it out of our mouths. But the power that you have To set your children up for emotional success and learning success by getting past that uncomfortable barrier Mm -hmm. and saying these things out loud is just too big not to take advantage of.
0: I love this. And um, I think this whole, you know, mindfulness and being able to express yourself, express your emotions is so important in life in general, not just in front of your babies, but um, or your baby or your your toddler. but that, yeah, that makes it even more important because if we do that correctly, then we are able to raise a, new, a generation of he- emotionally healthier people, which is amazing. I feel that like there's a lot of shame in society. If you're too attached to your baby, then you're too clingy. And if you, you know, let let them sleep in another bedroom by themselves, you're, you know, not, not present enough. So do you have any... Pieces of advice on how to bond with your baby early on, how to establish that kind of loving relationship. How do you basically bond in a healthy way while leaving them their space, especially in their early days?
1: I love this question so much. Uh, And I'll try to rein in my answer. The first thing that it's important to know is that in the early days of a new life, your baby doesn't think the way you do. Mm -hmm. You have this idea and this plan, okay, if I do these things, this is going to be the outcome. That's not how it's working for them at all. They are sensory beings and they've just transitioned from one sensory experience, the womb, (laughs) to a totally new experience and all their senses are on fire. Mm -hmm. So the best way to create that loving bonding relationship with them during that first infancy space of 0 to 3 months is to have intentional periods of time where you do hold them for long periods of time where you are skin to skin where you look into their eyes when they're awake and that's when you're using that serve and return communication experience where you're talking and then you're looking at their face and saying oh your face looks so happy right now oh i saw that big yawn now you're tired you cannot spoil a baby in the first three months of their life Mm -hmm. say it again it's too important and too many people don't believe it Mm -hmm. you cannot spoil or create habitual patterns of behavior in a newborn between zero and three months so Mm -hmm. love on them that's how they learn they're safe that's how they learn to trust you That's how they, those are the anchors that you're going to need when you do start asking them to take on some responsibility for themselves, like sleep in a different room. And at Core 4 Parenting, the first thing we teach are the Core 4 Connectors. Mm
0: -hmm. That
1: is your number one job to build a relationship with your child based on open communication, honesty, respect, and trust. And that is where the boundaries of learning open up to you.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's super, super interesting. Um, I know that in your courses and in your classes, you talk about writing uh, mission statements as a parent and understanding your why. And I think that in life, understanding your why is kind of key to everything in terms of career and relationships. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? And once you really understand your why, you're able to. Um, be way more fulfilled. And so I had never thought about this. I had never thought that you'd have to have a very strong why about parenting as well, but that makes total sense once I kind of learned about it. So could you talk a bit more about that, about how you find your why as a parent and uh, why it's so important?
1: Yeah. And you're so right. In every other aspect of our life, it seems like an intuitive step. You're gonna make a career choice. You better know why. You're gonna partner with someone for the rest of your life. You better know why.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, But there's somehow this difference as new parents when we bring a new life into the world, we seem to think we should just have all the answers and we have to do it on our own and we, it's just going to download, like you have the baby and like all the information is going to show up. And that's just not true. It's a journey, just like every other part of your life has been up until now. And so going into your parenting journey with a very clear intention of Mm -hmm. who it is you want to be as a parent, Mm -hmm. the qualities of of parenting that matter to you, um, who you want to raise right? This, this is a human being and this human being will continue to grow and then interact with the world. And you want to raise someone who adds value to it. So in order to do that, you need to design that long vision. So one of the first activities that I always do with a new parent is fast forward. And we look at this infant that they're holding. And I say, great, now close your eyes and open them again. And they're 25 years old. And they just got their first job and the boss saw you at the local coffee shop and recognized you and said, I just had to come over and tell you how thrilled we are that Laura joined our team because she is so, and we fill in the blanks, mm-hmm. with the beautiful characteristics and traits of this human being that they raised from infancy. Mm-hmm. And it's really powerful. And that becomes our North star. Right. If we know that we want to raise Mm -hmm. a compassionate person who will go over to the the person next to her desk and help in a moment of trouble, then we're modeling compassion. We're talking about compassion. We're choosing compassionate activities and we're whipping out the 30 cents out of our back pocket for the person in front of us in line. And our children see those things and it becomes part of their characteristic DNA.
0: That is so powerful. And I talk to a lot of parents and I interview a lot of parents and a lot of times I ask them, what do you want for your child? If you see your child, your baby being 30 or 20 years old, what, what do you want them to have? And I think when I ask this question that a lot of parents have never asked themselves that they kind of struggle to answer. Um, So in your experience, what is the most common thing that people kind of intuitively say? Um, I'm super interested to know that.
1: Well, as, uh, my kids are grown up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, and so I have kids who are 18 and 20 Mm -hmm. and they've both had jobs since they were 14. So I've lived this Mm -hmm. and it was the living of it that made me say, Oh, there's the power. Right. Uh, I don't want other parents to have to wait that long to get Mm -hmm. this back. Like let's create it. And so When it first happened for me, it was so magical because this boss said, she is so prompt. She's always on time. I can count on her to show up. Mm -hmm. She's so thorough. She does every job the way we ask and then checks back in to see and make sure that it was done okay. Um, She is so friendly. Like this happened to be... um, this happened to be at a uh, bed and breakfast, and mm-hmm. so her job wasn't specifically guest interactions, but they come by, mm-hmm. right? And they were like, "She is so friendly. She's always helpful when a guest is looking for some answers." And those type of things to hear as a mom are really grounding. And let me tell you why, moms and dads who are listening out there, because that thorough, friendly, helpful human being that the boss is describing will not always exhibit those qualities inside your home. They will not always do what you ask the first time. They will grumble about it. They will not always put their bowl in the sink or rinse it out. They go out in the world and exhibit these qualities because you're modeling it all the time but inside the safe space of your home you won't get the value of the oh look at them doing it all the time.
0: Wow this is this is such a powerful conversation um, and I hope it's going to help a lot of people out there uh, and reassure a lot of people that it's not that hard it's not you know crazy crazy hard you just have to be super conscious and model things mindfully um to your babies and children. Before we close up this conversation, one thing that I really like to ask is if you had in front of you a new parent who's just gave birth or is about to give birth for the first time, uh, what are your top two or three biggest pieces of advice? If you could just give two or three like very high-level, very important uh, kind of mant- mantras that you have to live by. Um, as a new parent and what's
1: the most helpful, what would you tell them? Yeah, that's a lot. Right. Um, I would say, be kind to yourself. Do not set expectations for yourself that you cannot meet. Mm -hmm. Right. Limit the number of people who you invite into your space Mm -hmm. because it just adds more drama. Like every new person you bring into the house to be a helper. Yeah. Maybe isn't. So choose really wisely and create the space that feels really good to you and then just ask yourself only to do these three or four things a day feed yourself feed your baby right get the sleep where you can bond with your child and eat well and sleep like all the goodness just know that is your only job
0: wow um thank you so much this conversation was so powerful and so amazing where can people connect with you and find you if they want to you know take your courses classes or reach out um how 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 do how do you interact with you
1: uh so one of the best ways is for sure to listen to the podcast Um, It's called Transforming the Toddler Years, but we talk about everything that ranges from birth to five. Specifically, if you were pregnant during COVID, you're gonna find a lot of value there because we didn't touch on that today, but parenting after a pandemic is a whole new ball game. And so we need the support. The other place that you can lean in for support is our free community where, where I'm in there all the time. And I'll make sure to get the link to you there. And so we lean in and learn from each other on a daily basis in our private, safe, free community.
0: Okay, well, I'll put everything uh, in the description as well. But thank you so much for coming on today, Kara. That was so amazing. Um, And yeah, I hope people can get a lot of value out of everything we discussed today. Um, Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. This is a passion topic and I will talk about it all day if people let me. (laughs) Bye.